That's a good idea. Breathe. Breathe. Yeah, just in case you forget. No blonde jokes. Good morning. These happy faces. Who's that? Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Oh, cutie. Good. Good, good. I'm just kind of waiting. I know some people went out, and I was kind of waiting for them to come back in, hoping they'll come back. I saw Tina Newkirk heading for the nursery, and I thought, oh, not yet. (laughs) Just kidding. Gentlemen, I know this. Are we being recorded right now? Oh, well, then I won't say that. Okay, you're gonna. Uh, okay, well, you might connect with Victor Vasquez. He's. We have ballast, and it's a ballast. It's not bulbs. So. Okay, great. Thank you. Super. Well, good morning, and I've said that three times because I'm nervous. This, uh, what we're about to do this morning is uh, is something that may be absolutely new to some of you, but uh, so you're going to get it right from the get-go, from the beginning. Um, but for the rest of us who it's not new to, I want to remind you that on March the 1st, we had a special meeting in the afternoon in which I took time to talk about uh, the beginning of a transition of leadership here at Christian Center. And what that entailed, if this is new to you, is that I felt the Lord had given me the directive to begin to transition the church over a three-year period of time to a leadership in which uh, at the end of that, neither myself or Pastor Mike would be the senior pastors. Is that God will bring new leadership to us. And well, it's going to take three years. And I keep saying it's going to take three years. I want to remind you it's going to take three years. It's going to take three years. And our primary responsibility as we began that transition was to begin to pray for Pastor Mike and Trish, an open and a fruitful door of ministry. And so we've been praying some of you have been fasting. Thank you very much for that. And uh, seeking the Lord and, and knocking on doors. And they've been uh, doing lots of things in order to begin to seek out what the Lord would have for them. And you know that we expressed our hope was that the door would open to them ideally so they could stay here in our community and stay with us and, and be a part of the family of God and Christian Center and the whole valley. And, you know, that we, we wouldn't lose them. We wouldn't have to sell their house and move away, and Bev wouldn't have to cry for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and we also, the question came up in that meeting, what about Kenya? It was a specific question. And that's been a big issue for us because for all of us, Mike and Trish are Kenya. Amen? And so we knew that was a big piece of what was happening in our prayer that wherever God would lead them would include Kenya. Because they've got grandkids over there. Yes. Amen. And they keep that family intact. And so uh, we wanted all their ministry there to remain uninterrupted. <clears throat> so these are the things we've been praying. And today I'm going to invite them to come and give you an update on what God has been doing. All right? All right. So all right. All right. welcome them. First of all, I want to tell you that I love you all very much, and 
It's been wonderful to serve you for 17 years. And, and I'm the new senior pastor of Big Bear Foursquare Church. Is that a clap because you're glad I'm going? Uh, somebody said, are you excited? Well, so I, I've got to make some motions. Uh, how can I be excited about leaving you? And uh, the way this came about is March 1st was announced to the church, but uh, it was announced to us November 15th. And um, the week after March 1st, uh, we were telling all our cell groups and Thursday morning, uh, Tom Owens is in my Thursday morning cell. As a matter of fact, Tom Owens is the current senior pastor of Foursquare Church. And the whole time I was talking to him, he said that uh, later he said God was talking to him and speaking to him very almost audibly about what our conversation afterwards, which he said, I'd like you to be the senior pastor of the church and I'd like to be your associate pastor. And... Uh, it was that's big. <laughs> and uh, he showed me a building and then eventually a second building and uh, where he's at now I assured him that no one could do better than the job he's done in the location that he's in. And so with a new location and things uh, he wanted to meet me to meet his uh, church council which is like his church board. And I got encouraged when one of the young men said, well, I feel like Boston just sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees. <laughs> so that was very encouraging. That was uh, for Thursday, the following Tuesday. The following Tuesday, met with the district officials of the, of the Foursquare Church. And within five minutes, he says, District Supervisor said, I'm appointing you the new pastor at Big Bear Foursquare Church. So now I have a distinctive of being the first one in the valley to pastor in three spirit-filled churches in the valley. lot to uh, take in, isn't it? Yes. And as Mike said and Pastor Jeff said, it, it's been a process that began for us way back in November. And most of you came on board the, the transitional vision just March 1st. It's only the 29th of March. So it, things have happened quickly, especially since you became aware of, of what was happening in the church leadership. But um, but we see God orchestrating and opening doors and, and speaking and confirming. And so, therefore, we have his peace in the midst of this very quick, this quick time. For sure, I feel very, very emotional about the transition that we're all undergoing. And um, there's no getting around that. And that's okay because God gave us our emotions. And um, at the same time, though, 
my spirit is very excited about what the future has, what, what the Lord has for the future of Big River Christian Center, and what I believe the Lord wants to do over at the new Big Bear Four Square Church. And I say new because it is kind of closing and reopening, and also just because it's a new, it's a new season of, I believe, growth for the Four Square Church. And the church of Big Bear Valley is what we want to see grow. It's, it's not the individual names of the congregations, it's the body of Christ. So I'm excited about the potential over there too. Um, it, it was a happy surprise that the Lord made a way for us to stay in Big Bear. I really wasn't expecting that. I, you know, I, I was in my heart trying to stay in an attitude of, Lord, I, I will go wherever you have us to be, and including Kenya, which we've very much prayed and thought about and talked about um, anywhere in the country. And I've always, in my mind, I've always thought, well, I wouldn't want to live in anywhere that's you know, colder than Big Bear. You know, we have we have pretty mild. We can always get out of it. You know, when it's when it gets too cold, uh, we can go off the hill. But you know, there's so many states in the Midwest and you know across the country that it's just winter for months and months and months. And I found myself having a peace that wherever the Lord has for us to be, I'm not concerned about the weather. I'm not I'm in 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 my soul, of course, concerned about missing being so far away from family, and. Um, but in my spirit feeling a total peace about wherever God takes us is going to be good. It's going to be right. So when it was Big Bear, I was just, I am still amazed. <laughs> um, and I see this as a multiplication of leadership for greater opportunity to reach our community for Christ. I think keeping Pastor Jeff here and everything that his vision is for the future of Christian Center, and then having Mike over there, wherever there may be, <laughs> is going to just increase opportunity to reach the community because I believe God's going to grow the Big Bear Four Square Church and that as he, as he brings people in, people get saved and discipled, and, and then there are just that many more to reach our, our community together. Um, we're going to really miss being with you and serving with you on a consistent, regular basis. That's going to be one of the sad parts. But it's it's not as sad as leaving Big Bear or the state or the country <laughs> at all. And I anticipate us working together in, in unity and in harmony, serving Jesus together right here from, from the valley, the Big Bear Valley, the church of Big Bear Valley is who we are. And um, so I, I look forward to times that we'll be interacting together and serving the Lord together and just knowing that, that we are all penetrating this community together. And, um, and that's not going to change. As long as we're all in Big Bear, we're still part of the same church. And actually, we're still part of the same church no matter where we are. Um, I wanted to, to share that, that my appreciation and love for you guys just truly cannot be put into words. And um, I'm honored and privileged to have been with you in serving with you and close-knit with you for all of these years, some longer than others. Some of us go way, way back, like over 20 years back. And um, But I love you all deeply from my heart and always will you know, I, this is such a huge part of my life. It's just you're going, you're going with me wherever, 
wherever I am, you're with me in my heart. But I wanted to express my love and appreciation and appreciation for your unique gifts because I know that congregations do have a flavor of their own and we have a really unique flavor here at Christian Center and I'm sure we'll have another unique flavor over at the Four Square Church. Um, but, but I just, I just appreciate who you are and, and your love for the Lord and how you serve him. And I want to encourage all of us to continue to love the Lord, to serve people for his glory, and to remember how important it is to guard our hearts, to keep our eyes on God, and to pursue his purposes. Um, it's all about him. And we're blessed to be family. We're blessed to work together. But it's all about Jesus. So let's keep our eyes where they belong and um, keep shining brightly in your lighthouses and keep on winning souls and making disciples. And we'll be doing the same. And God's kingdom will grow and advance even more quickly. So thank you so much. And oh, and we're not, you're not getting rid of us overnight. It's not like goodbye. <laughs> we're going to be hanging around most of the month of April. We'll be here pretty much through the month of April. Mike's preaching one weekend in Idlewild, and he'll be busy working on getting ready, getting the, the new church building ready. But, but we'll be hanging out with you guys for April on the most part. And um, I thought I would mention so that nobody thought, I wonder what that was about. We are going to be slipping out of this service early because we're going to be going over and sharing this news with the Big Bear Four Square Church. <laughs> so, uh, so when you see us go, I wanted you to understand where we're going. <laughs> and we'll see you, I'll see you, uh, my Lighthouse people, I'll see you Wednesday, and the rest of you, we'll see you over the next weekend. And we love you and appreciate you. God bless you. And thank you for praying for us during this process. And please continue, please. <laughs> um. Uh, May 2nd and 3rd will be my installation of uh, the church there in a new location. And so beginning tomorrow, I'm going to be on the highway of preparation for the new location, new building, and all the things that are uh, involved with that. So if you're a painter, carpenter, or drywall man, I'm going to need all the help I can get. So We have two possible locations. And uh, I'll I'll find out which one that will be tomorrow. Thank you. Now you guys will be leaving. It's about five. Is that right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah even sooner than I realized. Okay. Um, I just want to rehearse, and then we want to pray. Don't we? I always want to pray. Um, Kenya's in the bag. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to remind us of these things that have come as they have. That's a big issue. Uh, big Bear. They're staying here. Uh, there's only one church. And yes, this is odd. You're probably not going to see much like this anywhere else to do what we're doing. This is unusual. Uh, I mean, in, in the church world, if you will, if, if one somebody leaves one church, you know, the unwritten rule is don't let them start another church anywhere within 10 miles of you. You know, because it brings it can bring conflict and church splits and all the nasty stuff. 
We're not going to see that here. It's not going to happen here. We're talking about doing, I believe, something unique, but that should become more common in the body of Christ universally. And uh, I think for that, yeah, we should give ourselves a hand in a sense of that, but um, it's not, it doesn't make it easy, though, or emotionless or painless. This has been a long road. The big bear is in the bag. And why train your best and let your best uh, uh, rise up from among you and then send them to another country or something, you know? <laughs> Keep them home where we can do some good right here in town. And I believe Mike and Trish have unique gifts and callings that are going to flourish and become very, very fruitful. That was one of our key reasons in praying for them to stay here and also to be, um, in a sense, separate from us was because... <laughs> Mike needs to be preaching every week. He needs to be teaching, discipling, and absolutely activated in his gifts and callings. And not to leave Trish out, I know that Trish has this side of her that shines when she goes to Africa that we don't really ever see, I don't think. She becomes somebody else over there. And, uh, but those gifts are there, and so I see like us on one team to evangelize Big Bear. And uh, why not have more uh, feet on the ground and more workers in the field right here? And... Uh, they're going to do that. Keeping the family ties intact. And Bev will be conflicted. You'll see her going church to church, church to church. <laughs> it's all right. It's one church. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate. Uh, and they've allowed us to do this. And so on the day of Mike's installation, Mike and Trish's installation will be, as he said, May 2nd, May 3rd, there, in, wherever that new location is. Um, that morning, then let's get together in the afternoon, evening, and have a big party. Let's get together and have a, a dinner, a fiesta, an outpouring of love. I'm telling you now so you can begin to accumulate your giving, your gifts. Um, buy them dinner cards, you know, save up, get your savings out, bring it. We're going to take up a huge offering and bless them financially. Uh, so if you're a financial giver, plan on doing that. Start now and be ready on May 3rd to come in the afternoon, evening. We'll be letting you know what that looks like. Uh, we were talking yesterday, maybe we'd just have a big barbecue and make Pastor Mike do all the grilling. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, isn't that fitting? I mean, it's just, you know, like, I don't think we ought to make him work on that day. But, but, if, he was, but if he was at the grill, he'd you know, kind of be at his best and we'd get all the good stuff. and. And uh, that way we'd all have to go by and see him at the grill to say hello. Uh, but begin also to put together your, your words of thanks, your words, expressions of love that we can uh, share together in that afternoon, evening with them. Um, cards, sentiments, let's just pour it out on them. Can we do that? On May the 3rd. So if you've got something on your calendar May 3rd right now, just cancel it. Tell them you need to be here. You spread the word, and we'll be inviting uh, a lot of other folks that, that need to be here too, people that have been off the hill and part of this process, and uh, people from the district, Foursquare, if they could come and join us too. And uh, we'll just make that their party and a celebration. We'll celebrate the multiplication. All right? So let's pray for them, because then they're going to go and face the new church. And as much as it may have been a surprise to you, it's real surprise to them uh, although it's a great one and the leadership there is in agreement so we know that we're moving ahead with agreement 
And God can bless that. So, Father, this morning, we submit this entire process to you as we have from the beginning and ask that you will guide this moment for Mike and Trish. Lord, that your blessing will rest upon them for peace and uh, insight and wisdom and anything that they would say to the new congregation. We pray that you'll uh, minister through Tom Owens this morning as he addresses the congregation there. Lord, that, that your spirit will produce the unity that your word talks about, the unity of the spirit, the bond of peace, your presence. As we sang this morning, this is our, our life, your presence. May your presence accompany them and greet them at this congregation meeting this morning. We pray that it will be absolutely your kingdom coming and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I want to just submit to you our emotions this morning as Trish brought up. Lord, we are all over the map on this thing. And uh, our thoughts run and our emotions chase and sometimes they lead. I pray that you'll bring all things into order for us in our hearts and minds and our spirit as we move forward in advancing your kingdom in this community in obedience in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Godspeed. Thank you so much. (laughs) Go get them, man. Tear them up. Bless them. Pastor Mike. Yeah, it's a little unfortunate. Some are grabbing them in the aisle, hugging them. We, you know, last night we were able to hug all over them for half an hour when we were done. So, anybody get a call between last night and this morning about this? Oh, that Saturday night group was good for me. I said, now don't you cheat and go home and call a bunch of people about this. Yeah, this morning I want to show you something that the Lord showed me in Second Chronicles chapter twenty-nine. I just share my heart with you on continuing this topic. Try not to bore you with a lengthy reading, but we're going to cover a whole chapter here because we need to see the picture of what's happened, not only here in the Scripture, but as I was reading this and the Lord was pointing at it for me, He was showing me some parallels of what's taking place. Second Chronicles chapter 29. And I'll start and you'll get there. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And I'll be skipping some sentences so that we don't get lost in all the detail. Verse 2, And he he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. The way I got here, I should share with you that all day yesterday, anticipating these announcements for us this weekend, the word suddenly kept coming to mind. And for some of you, this is happening really suddenly. Would you agree? This seems like, wow, March 1st, and we're not even out of a month yet, and everything's already occurred that we were beginning to pray for. Wow, that seems fast. And as they said, and this is something we've not shared publicly until today, is that I began discussions with Pastor Mike on this back in November before they left for Kenya. I knew this was coming, and I introduced the concept to them so they could be thinking and praying about it while they were in Africa. Also, we wanted the folks in Africa to know that that change was going to take place and there was the possibility that that this might have been their last year to go to Kenya. 
And uh, that was not our hope, as you know, but we thought it would be fair to them. And I should let you know, too, that in this process, as soon as they told the folks in Kenya what was happening, they said, well, can you come here full time? Can you just move over here? And so that's one of the things we've been praying about. And Trish mentioned there a moment ago was that this was a high probability that they could end up in Kenya full time. Uh, the issue is always finances and could there be enough support available for them to live in Kenya and all that. And, and uh, those things, those doors kept kind of closing on us. We weren't sure. And then when this one, you know, when we finally said we need to get this out so that you're free, Pastor Mike and Trish, to be public with your thoughts and your comments and your search. Uh, we need to get this open to the church, and so we decided to do that on March the 1st, which for me was amazing to have it be March 1st here by the 5th, which was Thursday. He's getting this invitation because we shared it through the cells. And I think that's a significant point for us because cells is how we do business. And so in the cell, that became apparent, and Tom Owens followed that up on the 5th. By the 10th, the local council was decided uh, yes, this is a good thing. By the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, the district uh, meeting with uh, Pastor Mike and Pastor Tom together went kind of like this. I hope I get it right because this will be on the probably up on the website and I'll be held accountable for what I say in public. Um, as they sat with the district leadership, the supervisor said to Tom, he said, now, Tom, you have to tell me, did, did you actually say this to Mike? Did you say you want him to take your church and be the senior pastor and you'll, you'll be his associate? And he said, I, I said that to him. He said, then I want to tell you this is God. This is God and here's what we're doing. Tom, I'm closing your church today. And this is kind of church politics, but I'm closing your church today. And Mike, I'm opening a brand new Big Bear Fort Square. And it's a mission church for the Foursquare District, and I'm appointing you as senior pastor. And they said a few other things, which uh, had about their their future and the process that they would enter together. And then he said, "And I've got a lunch appointment. I got to go." <laughs> and all of the it, the whole thing happened between 11 o'clock in the morning and 12 o'clock. And it literally came down in about 10 minutes when they finally got together in that office. He said, "This is God." Now that guy's been praying about this too. I just thought, well, how did he know it was God so soon? I think it was because he was already, God was already stirring in his heart. What about the Big Bear Foursquare? That's speculation on my part. I hope to ask him. I'll be seeing him in a couple of months. Uh, maybe we'll see him here on May 3rd. I don't know. But, so he said, go with my assistant. Pastor Tom signed a bunch of papers that closed that church. And Pastor Mike signed a bunch of more papers and that opened a brand new church. And he was the pastor on St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. pending the rest of the things unfolding that needed to happen, which primarily was going to be a new building. Because the building they're in now, if you know where it's at, is just too small. They've filled it, and every time it tries to get bigger, it shrinks to the size they have. And so Pastor Mike's vision immediately is to move it into another facility that can house numerous other pieces of the ministry that they have in their heart. And we've walked through those buildings together, he and I already, and and, uh, he's got an eye for it. But if you're a, not, if, like he said, if you're not a busy contractor, then you'll be busy in a week or two. <laughs> He's going to need all kinds of help. And we want to help that occur. So when the building turned the lights to green and a couple other things happened, I mean, here we are just a week later making a decision to move on and say yes. And it's sort of like taking the ark and stepping in the water and waiting for things to part. 
And that's a step of faith that we have to take together. But the word suddenly was on my mind. This all seems so sudden. And uh, that's how I ended up in this passage. Now let me show it to you. <clears throat> Verse 3, In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. We'll just let that set for a second, because if you're inquisitive, you'll say, hmm, Pastor Mike's first year and in the first month, and what's he going to do? He's got to get the house in order. I thought, look at that parallel. He's going to repair some place to get the house of God ready. And then I sat back and I said, well, well, just Bob, out of curiosity, what is the first month of the year? Not in this book. The first month of the year in this book is the month of Abib, which is, we're standing in it right now. It's March, April on the Jewish calendar. Is it okay if I be spooky and spiritual, wispy a little bit? I'm looking for confirmations on all this. I'm saying, God, show me. I thought, wow, we're standing in it. I wrote it in the margin here. Habib, March, April. It's, it brackets the two months. Whew. And then he brought in the priests, the Levites, and gathered them in the east square. And he said to them, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Now, I've been in those buildings. I told you there's some stuff that's got to be carried out. (laughs) For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. They've also shut up the doors of the vestibule, put out the lamps, and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. And if, if, if you just might make a note that over in the previous chapter, verse 24, is what he's talking to. In verse 24 of chapter 28 says, So Ahaz gathered the articles of the house of God, cut in pieces the articles of the house of God, shut up the doors of the house of the Lord, and made himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. This is his predecessor who had buttoned up the temple. And now Hezekiah is going to reopen it. Verse 10, now it's in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, don't be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him to serve him and that you should minister to him and and burn incense. Then these Levites arose, and there's a list, and I'm not going to read the list. We'll go to verse 15. It says, and the Levites gathered their brothers, sanctified themselves, and went according to the commandment of the king at the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And then the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord to the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it out and carried it to the brook Kidron. Key verse here. Now they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month. And on the eighth day of the month, they came to the vestibule of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And on the 16th day, of the first month, they finished. I thought this was a massive undertaking, and it was done in 16 days. When the Lord says, let's move, he can do whatever he wants, amen? And I saw this, I thought, wow, 16 days. And, you know, for us, we, we, 
again, the parallel, I'm just talking about parallels, and yeah, I'm being kind of spiritualistic in a sense of taking a passage of Scripture and applying it to our moment. I know this is a history lesson, but for me, it's like happening under my feet and yours. March 1st, we announced March 17th, he's the pastor of a new church. That's 17 days or 16, any way you want to count it, they're there. And I, I, I only was looking for one word in the Bible. I said, God, this is suddenly. I know you're talking to me about suddenly. Show me suddenly. And I came to this chapter. And we'll get there. But as I, I actually came to the Word and then read backwards through the chapter and thought, boy, does this... God knows His Bible. <laughs> wow! I, I may not know it very well, but He sure knows it. I just knew one word. And He said, check this chapter out. And I said, wow, to God be the glory. Then they, verse 18, then they went into King Hezekiah and said, We've cleansed all the house of the Lord, the altar of burnt offerings with its, all its articles, and the table of showbread with all its articles. Moreover, all the articles which King Ahaz in his reign had cast aside in his transgression, we have prepared and sanctified or consecrated. And there they are before the altar of the Lord. Sixteen days. Verse 20. Then King Hezekiah rose early, gathered the rulers of the city, and went to the house of the Lord. And they brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. And I hope you know a little of your Old Testament history because this is going by pretty quick, but there's just a lot of significance in all these things that are happening. And then he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they killed the bulls and the priests. I read this wrong, by the way. Just a little humor here. Listen to this sentence if you read it incorrectly. So they killed the bulls and the priests. I mean, I was just reading so fast and I read that and I stopped and I thought, what? Oh, I missed the comma. So they killed the bulls and the priests received the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Golly, that was a shock. I mean, I was so intently reading this. and I, What? I've never read this. That's true, I'd never read it that way before. (laughs) Likewise, they killed the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They also killed the lambs and sprinkled the blood on the altar. Then they brought out the male goats for the sin offering before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. You need to go back and do a little research if you don't understand this, because this is talking about the scapegoat. You know, we use the word scapegoat. The scapegoat was the, the goat they would bring out. The priests would lay their hands on the goat. There were two of them. Lay their hands on the goats, confessed all the sins of Israel, onto this one goat. And then they would take it out in the wilderness and let it loose and drag it out and let it go. And you know, a little goat out there is not going to live very long on its own. And so those sins would never come back. Then they would take the other one and put it on the altar as a blood sacrifice for the removal of the sins of a nation. And so they laid their hands on them, end of verse 23, and the priests killed them and they presented their blood on the altar as a sin offering to make atonement for all Israel. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering be made for the whole country. He's, he's reestablishing for the whole country now. And this is a powerful moment. And he stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals and stringed instruments and with harps, according to the commandment of David, of Gad the king's seer, and of Nathan the prophet. For thus was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And again, a little history for you here if you're unaware that King David was such a worshiper that he actually built instruments of music that had not existed before. And, uh, and then he commanded that when they brought the ark back into the, 
into Israel that worship would happen and prayer would happen. And we have people right here in our congregation that have the same heartbeat that they that worship and prayer would happen 24-7 in front of the ark. It was just the ark was there in an open fly tent. It wasn't enclosed and people could approach and the king could come and sit in God's presence. And David said, we're going to have worship and prayer 24-7 in front of the ark. And he actually made instruments that they could play and wrote the psalms that they could sing. And the prophetic operation of God's spirit occurred in that moment, in those moments of worship. And here Hezekiah is restoring worship to the people. And uh, I think that this is another component that God is going to use Mike and Trish for in the new church is the expansion of worship and and prophetic ministry and the use of the gifts uh, of the Spirit in the church in the foursquare. And I just we've talked about that, and I see that as a big piece of what's happening. Verse twenty-eight. So all the assembly worshipped. The singer sang, and the trumpeters sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And of course, I couldn't help but think about Pastor Mike and his trumpet. Moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praise to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Worship restored. Verse 31, Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. So the assembly brought in sacrifices and thank offerings and as many as were of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. This for me is you and I on May 3rd, bringing our thank offerings to the Lord and to the Ericsons. An outpouring of love, part of our sending off of them. You know, a new church doesn't always have the finances it needs to support the ministry. And this is one of the steps of faith that Mike and Trish are taking. And so I'm doing everything I can. The board here and the elders here are doing everything we can to put together something to bless them on the way out, of which May 3rd is a piece. We thought, why should we just do it all in sort of a business meeting? It shouldn't all happen in a business meeting. We're a family. And so we said, let's invite the family to a family lunch and dinner. Let's have a party. Let's honor them. And let's all take a shot at expressing our thanks, our blessing upon them. And I'll tell you, technically, in that moment, as I tend to follow the details, you know that, um, that you can give directly to them. You can write a check out to them and put it in and bless them. You know, that becomes a tax-free gift. If you give it to us at the church, hey, we got a 1099 them and take 15.3% out for taxes. <laughs> you might not have thought of that. But you could just bless them. Bless them. Let's just heap it up and send them out. I'm thinking big numbers right now. I want to stretch your faith. Is that all right? You're probably thinking little numbers. You need to think big numbers. Don't go out to eat this month. Put it all in a basket. Or buy them, go out to eat cards or something. We just need to let them know we love them. So the assembly brought in sacrifices and thank offerings. And as, as many as were of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. And the number of the burnt offerings which the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, 200 lambs. All these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. <clears throat> the consecrated things were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. But the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore, their brethren, the Levites, helped them until the work was ended and until other priests had consecrated themselves. For the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. 
Also, the burnt offerings were in abundance with the fat of the peace offerings and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. See, I started at the end of the chapter on the word I was looking for. God said, here's the word you're looking for. Now read backwards. And let me teach you what my Bible says. Is it okay if the pastor learns something about the Bible? I really don't know it all. Some other people know it all. But I don't know it all. And when it comes to a moment like this where there's a spiritual transaction taking place that is is really pretty immense for us and for this community, God needed to be in charge of these words for me and for me to share with you this morning that these parallels exist. The first month of the first year, that's right now. Um, you know, it says that, I didn't mention this, but in the, Verse 4, it says, Then he brought the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square. He talked about two buildings being available. One's in the east. The other's not so much in the east for Big Bear. And I said, you watch. This will be significant. They'll get the building that's most east. And God will just put it all together. That's my prayer. I said, God, make it the east building. It's the one I want. It's not my church. It's the one we want. 16 days to make it happen. Suddenly, worship restored, worship expanded in our community into another congregation of people that can certainly be bigger than it is. Suddenly. You know what? In chapter 30, and check this out. This is maybe stretching it, but will you go there with me just for a second? And then then all you uh, literal scriptural guys can take me out back and beat me for uh, crowbarring the scripture into what I wanted to say. <laughs> Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and also wrote letters. Don't worry, I'm not going to do the whole chapter. Wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord of Jerusalem to keep the Passover of the Lord God of Israel. Remember, Ephraim and Manasseh are on the other side of the river. You know, they're disjointed a little bit from the regular nation of Israel. And I'm thinking, we want to invite people to May 3rd, and some of those people are not from here. Some of those people are off the mountain. Uh, one of the persons that's been highly involved with us in this process is Joel Comiskey. A lot of you know Joel, and he's kind of our cell mentor coach. And, uh, you know, we lean back on Joel and his wisdom and some others as well uh, in talking and confirming things with them. And so we're going to send letters out to Ephraim and Manasseh and invite them to come too. For the king and his leaders in verse 2 and the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at the regular time because a sufficient number of priests had not been consecrated, had not consecrated themselves, nor had the people gathered together at Jerusalem. And the matter pleased the king and all the assembly. Now, again, history, you got no history here in the Bible. When is the Passover celebrated? In the first month. In fact, Passover is April, it's in about 10 days. It's just the Wednesday ahead of Easter this year. Now, if you go to Exodus, you'll find that you know, God instituted the Passover when they came out of Egypt. And he said, this is the first month to you. This is the month of Aviv. And you're to celebrate the Passover this way. On the 10th day, you take a lamb. And on the 14th day, slaughter the lamb and apply the blood. And, and off you go with the Passover. And do this every year in this way. 
the question came up, well, what happens if somebody's not ready? What if somebody is unclean and they can't participate in the Passover? What if there's an extenuating circumstance? What do we do then, God? And God said, I'll, I make an allowance. You can find this in Numbers chapter 9, where the Passover was then also celebrated a month late in the second month. Hezekiah comes to his situation, and he's got to get the temple ready first, and he works right through the Passover date. And then they pull back into Numbers 9 and say, but God says we can celebrate the Passover in the second month. What do you say we invite everybody and have a Passover? And everybody comes, and they keep worship correct. I looked at Pastor Mike and Trish last night. I said, you're going to have to do your first communion service in the second month. Sorry. Unless you do it on your installation day on May 3rd. And so I just started drawing all these parallels. And for me, it became a very confirming passage of Scripture, a very confirming word. Now, for some of us, this may seem like it's happened suddenly. But, you know, Jesus is going to come back too, right? In fact, have you ever gone to the very last verse of the Bible? Have you made it that far in your annual reading? (laughs) Chapter 22, Revelation, the last two verses says, He who testifies to these things says, and it's in red, that's Jesus, surely I'm coming quickly amen even so come lord jesus the grace of our lord jesus be with you all amen jesus says i'm going to come it's going to be suddenly it's going to be like a thief in the night how long have we been waiting for suddenly to happen you know suddenly takes a long time but when it comes it comes and i'm excited about how quickly this has come together for pastor mike and trish and with all of the pieces in place incredible I don't know how it's all going to work out that's not our job that's God's job and uh, I do know that there are those that are um, part of our congregation that will align themselves with Pastor Mike and Trish immediately you think of the recovery community a lot of those guys are just hooked and bonded and love Pastor Mike and Trish and it will be my recommendation to them it has been already as of last night so you know what you need to go over there and get behind them you don't like me anyway I mean, he's, you know, he's reached into that community of people. He's done their weddings. He's counseled them. He's blessed them. And they love him. They're knitted. And God, see, God's put that piece together already, too. So even though there's a small congregation to go to, I believe it's going to build up immediately. And on May 3rd, it should launch. Now, I'm going to be taking attendance here on May 3rd. <laughs> Actually, I said I was going to get some of those glasses with the nose and the mustache. I'll go over there myself and sit in the back. <laughs> Get a camera and just hold it up, hide behind it, and watch this thing happen because it's a big thing to us. You know, Mike and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, this course could have threatened that friendship, this process we're in, and it was a risk we needed to take. We took the risk, and I think we're going to win. Amen. God's on the throne. That's as much as I can preach today. I feel like I'm going to fall down. This has been a roller coaster for us. March has been a ride that I've never been on before. And I appreciate you so much. Your fidelity to Christ. Your love for the church and the body of Christ widespread. You know, Trish said we have a flavor here. I asked visitors, what flavor church are you looking for? You know, plain vanilla, you know, standard denominational picture, mainline chocolate. I said we're kind of a malted crunch sort of thing here Neapolitan or whatever and you know we do have a flavor but one of the things I I really do think we have and that most of us have in our mind 
is that we have a broad view of the body of Christ. We have a, a larger biblical worldview that we're not the only game. You know, we're going to be loyal to what God put us to do. Our hearts are going to be co-joined with where God has planted us. I always say things work better when they're plugged in. You know, so when you plug into a place and God uses you in that place and blesses you in that place, that's where you hang and that's where you put your hat and that's where you put your support and that's where you serve the Lord with gladness. And yet we're not the only one, are we? You know, there are other communities, other congregations that are doing the same thing and we're never going to talk down on those other bodies of Christ. They're knitted to us. When we get to the heaven, there's not going to be a wall, you know, where Christian centers on one side and everybody else on the other. Right? You know, that's not going to be like that. So we're supportive. And we think broader than ourselves. And yet we know how to remain loyal to where God's put us. Amen. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for helping us through this process in such a miraculous way. Lord, you are about relationship. And I thank you that relational structures are your heart. Lord, that as we've processed through this, you've led us, you've been the guide, even to the point of this one chapter for me. You've made it very clear that you are in charge. And I submit to your leadership again this morning, and I submit this congregation to you as your people, Father, your people, not mine. Lord, I thank you for Foursquare and Pastor Mike and Trish right now as they're talking together. May their hearts be knit in Jesus' name. May the vision begin to grow even from today. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to guide us, continue to be in charge. Help us to always surrender to who you are and what you're doing. And we ask for new souls to come into the kingdom. We ask for new salvations to come to this house and to every house in the community. May there be a revival that sweeps. And Lord, may we be a part of it. Always keep us, Lord, with a unifying type of heart. One that looks beyond ourselves. Help us to be self-giving, self-sacrificing. And even to the point we need to become those who live in self-denial. Help us to take up our cross and follow you, Lord. We want to fulfill your kingdom purposes in this place and around the world. In Jesus' name, for his glory. Amen. 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 Amen.